This is Miranda Brezza. You're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. With an awesome guest who I'm super excited to get to know, Miranda Bereza is a full-time real estate investor with three short-term rentals. And I say that and emphasize the word three because we're going to unpack her story and kind of get into it, but I'm very excited to show you guys the possibilities with just how three short-term rentals can kind of change your life. So welcome, Miranda. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah. And as always, we start our show with... The kiss me segment. So in order for me and the 402 to get to know you better, you're going to give me a little peck and we're going to get to know you um, on a personal level. So the first question, as always, is what was the first album that you purchased? Okay, so this is hard to remember back that far, but one of my first memories with the CD was Destiny's Child. Um, So it was a... it was my birthday party, and we spent my whole birthday choreographing dances to every Destiny's <laughs> song. Wow, that's impressive. I That's cool. <laughs> you got the CD, and you're making dances. That's very creative. It kind of aligns with, you know, you had mentioned to me earlier that you're a former fashion designer. So, see that? Yeah, yeah. It was a fun birthday party. <laughs> um, and then, what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? So, um, with my previous job, um, being a fashion designer, a lot of people used to get laid off at my company and we all said that buying a property was the kiss of death. So like if someone bought a house, they would get laid off. Not everyone, but it was just, um, terrifying. So for the longest time I was like, I don't want to make roots. I don't want to settle down. I'll lose my job. Um, so I think just getting over that fear of like, I can be fine without my job. I can find a different job. I can settle down. Um, so that was my biggest fear. Wait, that's an actual term that you guys use in your industry? Uh, I think it was maybe company specific. So at that period of time, it was like, you felt like you could only stay for it like five years. Um, and not everyone, there was people that stayed longer, but it definitely was like, okay, how long do I have here? Um, so I had a few bosses that bought property and then were let go. So I was very paranoid about it. Mm. And is it something where they were vocal about buying property and then? Yeah, I don't think it like had anything to do. I'm sure HR wasn't like this person bought property, they're gonna get let go. I think <laughs> yeah. it just had to do like with fashion, trends are always changing. Like one at one period of time, button up shirts are really popular. Another period of time, no one wants to wear button up shirts. So it just like ebbs and flows. So if you're the department that isn't super trendy right now, then you know, maybe you get let go. So um, it was just nothing was certain there. Um, 
so it was a little nerve-wracking to buy a house. It was like, hold your breath. But things changed. Um, the CEO changed. They've made a lot of improvements. So by the time I bought a house, it was less like that. I just had some like leftover baggage from previous years. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. If I were in your shoes, like, I don't know, I would question it myself. Like, oh, my, if my bosses are buying things, and it's like, they get paid more than me, and they're getting let go, like, how am I going to deal? Yeah. Wow. Um, And what would you say is something that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? Um, So I actually started this isn't specifically with the pandemic, but I started a book club. Um, so I started a short-term rental book club that's been really fun. Um, and it's actually expanding right now. So I, um, went to a conference in Nashville and ran into Mark Simpson from Boostly and he has an awesome book. So I was reading his book while he happened to be in the lobby of my hotel and he stopped and talked to me, um, So since then, we have talked about collaborating on a book club. So I'm going to help him on his Boostly book club. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Did he just approach you? Like, yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So I was in um, the lobby and it was like 6 a.m. I couldn't check in yet. So I was like, I'm just going to sit here and read. And then... I all of a sudden I heard a British accent and I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. And could kind of hear what they were saying. And as they kept talking, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the author of this book. Cause he was the keynote speaker at the conference. Oh. Um, and he was really sweet and came up and talked to me and was like, how are you liking the book? I told him about my book club and he was like, oh, I've been getting some messages because in his book it says, um, like when you get to this part, send me a DM or tell me what you're implementing. Um, so people from the book club were communicating with him. So it was really cool to get to meet him. And then from there, I just kept tagging his stuff on Instagram because I really love his book. Um, so it was really fun when I got a message from him saying, hey, um, if you want, I'll speak at your book club. So he spoke mm-hmm. to my book club. And then that went really well. And he sent me a message saying, hey, would you be interested in being part of my book club? Um, So it's just starting in September. Um, So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, that's so cool. That's like crazy, right? Like you're just randomly reading this book and then the author's like right there. Like fangirling so hard. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And it was really refreshing because he was so nice, like, mm. and helpful. And he was actually meeting a lot of people in that lobby. And he was kind enough to take the time to introduce me to a lot of people that were also speaking that at that event, which, like, mm. he didn't have to take that time. So it was really, really nice. Oh. And finally, what is your favorite quote? Okay, so um, this is not a usual answer for you. It's not a quote from anyone famous. This was a quote that I made up when I was working in fashion design. So the quote is just not my journey. And we would kind of use it as a joke. So like, 
instead of getting wrapped up in like, oh, I should get that next promotion. I should do this next thing. I would just say that's not my journey. Um, I'm not going to do that. I just want to save money and work on my next idea. Um, so I've continued to use that whenever I feel like I'm getting wrapped up in an idea that's actually not my goal. Like maybe someone, I'm listening to a podcast or something and someone's doing something really cool. It's easy to be like, oh, I want to do that. When in reality, no, I don't need to be doing that. Just stay focused on my goals. Oh, I love that. And you know what? I don't, I, it doesn't have to be from someone famous because now you're famous, right? (laughs) (laughs) the 402 is going to be like oh Miranda's got the best quote it's not my journey and it really is a this is so bizarre because yesterday I was um recording for someone's um like conference and we were that was like a theme that you know I kept reminding people it's important to focus on your why and what you want to do and not what everyone else is doing because it is so easy to get wrapped up and like oh that's so cool I want to try that I want to do that when in reality, it has nothing to do with or is going to bring you closer to what your end goal is. So I love it. That's great. Not my journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I got to add it to my collection of quotes. Um, all right. So Miranda, with all that being said, where are you based and where are you actively investing? So I'm located in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm actively investing in my personal neighborhood. So I live in Clintonville, which is part of Columbus. It's 10 minutes north of Ohio State's campus Um, and kind of 10 minutes from a lot of things like downtown, um, our popular neighborhood, the short north. So we decided to invest there because we know our neighborhood the best um, and feel really comfortable with it. And all of our properties are within a half mile of where we live. So we can like take our dog for a walk and go by every single house, which is really nice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like super local. That's great. And so then tell us about that first deal, right? Like you mentioned that you were still working in fashion and that, you know, you had all these fears or preconceived notions based on your previous, your boss's experiences buying property. So like, what was that experience like for you? Where was that property, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So, um, how we came decided to do it is I am really lucky and my parents have um, three vacation rentals in Maine. So I grew up with my parents owning and managing properties and those actually were next door to our primary residence. So um, I like cleaned camps in the summer. We call them camps. Um, so me and my sister like helped with all the turnovers, got things ready, saw my parents communicating with guests, saw like the joys and the headaches of having properties. Um, So it was getting to a point where I wanted to leave um, the fashion industry and was trying to figure out next steps and didn't know what I wanted to do and was like, well, I should invest in real estate. Like Columbus is only getting bigger. Um, We can try it. If we don't like it, I can sell. So we decided to start looking um, and we actually... I wish I had known more. Like I had never heard of bigger pockets, didn't really know about investing in real estate. So we just went on Redfin and bought our house through Redfin. Um, and we probably toured like 20 or more houses, but we were lucky we had a really good realtor 
And he just told us, hey, he was really honest. He was like, I have no idea about short-term rentals. Um, my advice to you would be buy something that if it, if you hate short-term rentals or it doesn't do well, you can sell it and still hopefully make money off of it. So we decided to buy a three-bedroom, one-bath house, which is very kind of what you find in our neighborhood. Made sure it had a garage, made sure there was things that people would want if we resold it and would have to only put in minimal work. Um, and that was great advice because it made the whole process less stressful because we knew we could sell if anything went wrong. Um, but it worked out. So from there we have, that was in 2019 and now we have three properties. Okay. So, um, what were some of the numbers? Like you said, three bed, one bath, and how did you, like, what was the setup like? Did you have guidance? You know how, I mean, I guess you have experience from your parents and stuff. Like, did they help you as far as setting up and all that stuff or? So, um, surprisingly they were very off hands, which I was oh. like, Oh, I thought you guys would give me advice or anything. They were just like, <laughs> whatever you want. Um, so it was, yeah, it was three bed, one bath. Um, it was, I believe we paid 260 for it. Um, and we put 20% down and how I paid for it was I took stock from my fashion design job, um, and sold that stock for the 20% down. And I also had some savings as well that I was kind of hoarding for that moment. So yeah. We went all in. We were smart. We had money set aside for getting the house ready for short-term rentals. Um, and it did take a while. It probably took us maybe two months to get the house up and running because we didn't take time off from work. So we were working nights and weekends to get it ready. Um, and I think... Did you have to do renovations to it or... No, we were really lucky. So we bought something that we wanted to be as turnkey as possible. So we um, did like a fresh coat of paint on everything and then furnished it. Um, I've learned since then to invest more in that starting up stage because you don't have any furniture in the house, like you don't have anything. But with us not knowing if that was actually the route we were going to stay, that one piece of advice that was really helpful that my mom gave me was um, don't invest a ton of time and money on this. Just see how it goes. Learn the market and then from there decide to do edits. Um, and that was really helpful. And from there we have learned so much and used that knowledge in our other properties. And I will say we learned that it was would be really beneficial to have two bathrooms in that house. Um, so when COVID hit, I actually lost my job, but in that was able to cash out my 401k. So we took my 401k to do a remodel of that house. So we actually remodeled the downstairs bathroom and then added a second bathroom and then put in all new windows and new doors. Um, so it looks really nice now. And then we, on our own, put a fresh coat of paint on everything and made upgrades that we felt like were important for the time. So like we added a working station in every single bedroom. So people traveling for work could come and stay there. So we definitely used the headaches of COVID to benefit us as much as possible, which was great. So uh, when in 2019 did you guys buy the property? 
Um, so we bought it in July of 2019, but they lived there for a month and we didn't get it listed until um, September of 2019. Okay, so you had, was that like six months of guests staying more or less? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we had enough time that we knew it was working and what to improve on it. Um, and we also were like still kind of hesitant with what was going on with COVID. So we were like, okay, if we're shut down for a remodel, that's not the end of the world and thought that, so we remodeled, um, I think it was November, December. It took a long time, January, February, and wanted it back up for March. Um, so we, so we remodeled for like four months and then had it back up. And part of why the remodel took so long was with COVID, like everything was just slower and getting people in and out of the house. And then, um, the crew got COVID, so they couldn't work for a period of time. So it was just very slow moving. So we shut down for about four months and then hit the market with the new house, which was great. It did really well. Oh, so this is November of 2020. Right? Or Yeah. Okay, uh, so the or twenty nineteen. Because the pandemic No, it's twenty twenty. So we we like worked we had our house through so the pandemic hit, we shut down for a little bit. So the pandemic hit in March, we shut down until like May and then started hosting people in June, I think. And then we went through the summer and then had the money um, and really wanted to do something with it to better that house. So we then did the remodel. Okay. Got it. And then at this point, did you already purchase the second rental property or? Yeah. So we actually bought our second rental property, um, in February before COVID. So we were getting ready for Ohio. Columbus has the Arnold classic, which is like, um, our biggest event of the year and everyone from like all over the world comes to compete and Arnold Schwarzenegger's there. Like people love this event. Um, what is it? So they just have a ton of different competitions. They have bodybuilding competitions, like really everything under the sun. Um, and they're like people with booths giving out free stuff or like celebrities come and do like photo ops, just all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's, um, I think like a long weekend, maybe even longer now. Um, mm -hmm. so a lot of times we host power lifters, like they'll come and stay with us for competitions. Um, mm. and that was the first week of March and we were like sprinting up to get our property ready for that. And, you know, there was rumblings of COVID like, what is this? Is it going to come to the U S and, then right when the Arnold was about to start, they announced it was only going to be competitors, no one else. Um, so we were really lucky. And the people that were coming to visit us that year, they weren't competitors, but they still came. They did not get COVID. We luckily did not get COVID. Um, and then after that, it was just crazy. And our biggest fear was just having someone come and stay with us and not leave. Um, so we actually, and I was doing all the cleaning myself. 
So we just were like, we don't want to get sick. We're just going to shut everything down. So I actually sewed masks from that short-term rental. Like before anyone had masks, I had fabric. So I was sewing masks and donating them to people out of our Airbnb. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy. So that second one, unfortunately, we didn't get a permit before the city shut down. So that one we owned from February and we didn't actually list on any platforms until August. Okay. So you guys were just like six months covering the mortgage and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that was very stressful. But once we listed, um, it was like our best performer. That was a two bedroom, one bath. It was relatively small. It was all one level. So when senior citizens started to get vaccinated, they all came and stayed with us. So we had people like staying a month with us to see their grandkids that were born during COVID that they hadn't met yet. So it was actually like really cool to hear their stories and um, that they got to have like such special moments in our properties. Yeah. And how active would you say are you with the guests and communicating? Like, do you have that automated or you're mostly just talk chatting with them and stuff? Um, so I do, I finally set up automated messages. I had really held off for a long time because we run our property like a true mom and pop Airbnb short-term rental. So, um, we do do all the work and like that to be shown, but I automated all the messages, but when they respond, then I write back to them. So, um, a lot of times in our reviews, they'll mention my husband and I by name and how much they appreciate the communication or like the level of service we have. So that is really nice that they still, um, see us and feel like we're communicating with them. Yeah, that's great. And what would you say, you know, after you bought that initial property and then you had some fears and you got the second one, like, did you have any doubts of like, okay, this is not going to work or, or fears right during the time of COVID or how did you Um, get through that? Yeah, it definitely was stressful. Luckily my husband didn't lose his job and, um, the unemployment during that period of time was good. So that really did help. It would have been a huge struggle if I wasn't receiving any benefits um, and had just lost my job and had nothing. So that helped us pull through. And then um, once we were able to rent, we just did so well that we had no worries after that. And we actually decided to buy our third property because our two were getting so booked that we would have repeat guests message us saying they wanted to stay and we didn't have a property for them to stay in. Um, so we had someone reach out to us that wanted to stay for three months in our smaller property. Yeah. Which was great. But then we knew we were going to have guests that we were going to have to turn away. Um, so that's why we bought our third property. And when we bought our third property, we want, wanted it to be similar to our two bed, one bath. Um, but slightly better. And it kind of just fell into our lap. We walked by this house every day with our dog. Um, And my husband showed me the link and I was like, we can't afford that. It's out of our price range. Um, And then it dropped in price and didn't, it didn't sell for a week, which at that point in time in the market was crazy. Like houses were selling same day. Um, So we're like, okay, let's just go tour it. And we toured it. And I always say, at least for us, um, you get a magic feeling when you go in the right house 
And we had that feeling where we were just like, we have to have this house. And it all worked out. Um, we ended up getting the house. It has been a great short-term rental. Um, and hopefully one day we'll actually live there. We really like the layout. It has a huge backyard, which is really unique for our house. And the backyard feeds into all the backyards, kind of our, a peninsula. They all like go into each other and then it leads into a ravine. Um, so we have a lot of wildlife. So we have deer, chipmunks, rabbits, like birds, everything. Um, so it's really peaceful. Like you forget you're in a city beside a train um, and an interstate. So it's very nice. Oh, wow. Um, and it's almost serendipitous, right? Like you guys would walk by the house and it didn't sell and like it was just waiting for you. Yeah, and that actually happened with the second one, too. So I looked at it online and was like, this house looks a little strange because the person that was selling it did all their own photography. Um, but I was like, I think this might work. And we went and toured it. It was small, so we didn't know if it was going to be too small, like if it wasn't going to work for us. So we were like, okay, well, like let's just think about it. It was around the holidays, so we were like, Let's just think about it. If it's still for sale, maybe we'll put in an offer. And it stayed for sale throughout the holidays. We went on vacation with our friends for their birthday and talked to them about the house. And they were like, why aren't you buying it? So they kind of talked us into it. So while we were on vacation, we put in an offer and got it. And it really worked out. It's been the best house. We love it. Um, We've actually become really good friends with the neighbors. So it's been fun that it's in our portfolio. And I actually joke with my husband that we need to start walking different routes because we keep buying houses where we walk. So there's this like really fancy neighborhood near us. And I'm like, we have to walk in the fancy neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so if you could go back in time, right? Like knowing what you know now, what would be a piece of advice that you'd give yourself uh, if you could start all over? Okay, so I would have possibly purchased our first house differently. So I wish that I had purchased our first house with investing in mind because I would have loved to live in my first house for two years and then turned it into a short-term rental and then bought another house and potentially continued on with that process instead of buying houses as investment properties. Um, and if I didn't do that, I would have probably just invested sooner because properties are just getting more and more expensive. Um, and then for short-term rentals, my advice would be, I'm happy that we did it how we did because we had no idea if we were going to like it. But now I try and do all the improvements up front. And one of the first things we do is most of our properties have original hardwood flooring and we have our floor guy come in and refinish all the floors because once you get everything in, it's such a headache to do that. So that's the first thing we do is refinish all the floors. <laughs> Mm, oh, I bet that looks so nice when they're done. I love the hardwood floors in houses. Yeah, yeah. It's been great. And it's really special to be able to keep the original flooring, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and so what do you see is on the horizon for you and your husband? Like, do you guys want to grow? Do you think you're just going to maintain things, the status quo? Like, Yeah. So this year, um, 
we've, our goal has just been to dial in on all of our processes and make sure everything is just like completely organized and streamlined and then to just maximize profit and be more strategic with our time. So the market's always shifting. And like in the beginning of COVID, you would maybe get two week or a month long bookings. And now that's not really happening. You're getting, at least in Columbus, Ohio, you're getting like long weekends, sometimes a week long booking, but not anything more than that. And part of that's pricing. Like I have a higher end pricing strategy, but what I'm learning now is depending on my pricing strategy, I can make what I used to make in a week in a long weekend. Um, so really just trying to free up my time and be strategic on when we rent and when we don't rent. So actually this January we're taking off because it's our slowest season and we're going to go to Japan for two weeks because we've always wanted to do that and haven't. So really being strategic with our vacation time and when we're taking it. And, um, another thing I started doing is I don't allow checkouts or check-ins on, um, Saturdays. So that way it protects my weekend. So guests can check in on Friday um, and check out on Sunday, but they can't do it on a Saturday. So really just like being strategic with my time and focused on trying to make a profit as much as possible. So that way, if we want to take off a month, we can. Um, so that's our goal for this year. And I, we would only expand if we found our perfect forever home and moved out of our current house. And then our current house would become our fourth property. Mm, got it. Okay. So it sounds like you're going to walk the fancy neighborhood and maybe you'll find that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we could get a ravine house, then uh, we would be happy to put this house in the short-term rental world or long-term rental. Mm. Yeah, that's great. So um, if the 402 wants to reach out to you and they want to learn from you, maybe join your book club, like how could they find you and learn more about you? Okay. Yeah. So I, my Instagram for the short-term rentals, which is the best way to contact me is homegrown stays. Okay. We'll and if you just send me a DM, I can connect you to anything else. And then the book club, you can find it. There's a Facebook page, um, called Boostly book club. Wait, his name is Bruce Lee? No, Boost Lee. B-O-O-S-E? Yeah. Is that his actual name? No, his name's Mark Simpson. Oh. (laughs) But his company is called Boost Lee. Oh, got it. Okay. I was like, what? (laughs) That would have been a cool name. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. And um, that is all, folks. 402. Did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story, or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.